Section 54 of Prison Memoirs of an Anarchist. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Prison Memoirs of an Anarchist by Alexander Berkman. Part 2. Chapter 47. Chum. The able-bodied men have been withdrawn to the shops and only the old and decrepit remain in the cell-house but even the light duties of assistant prove too difficult for the swede the guards insist that he's shamming every night he is placed in a straitjacket and gagged to stifle his groans i protest against the mistreatment and am cited to the office the deputy's desk is occupied by big head the officer of the hosiery department now promoted to the position of second assistant deputy he greets me with a malicious grin i knew you wouldn't behave he chuckles know you too damn well from the stocking shop the gigantic colonel the new deputy loose-jointed and broad strolls in with long swinging step he glances over the report against me is that all he inquires of the guard in cold impassive voice yes sir go back to your work berkman but in the afternoon officer bighead struts into the cell house in charge of the barber gang as i take my turn in the first chair the guard hastens toward me get out of that chair he commands it ain't your turn you take that chair pointing toward the second barber a former boiler maker dreaded by the men as a butcher it is my turn in this chair i reply keeping my seat that's so mr officer the negro barber chimes in shut up the officer bellows will you get out of that chair he advances towards me threateningly i won't i retort looking him squarely in the eye suppressed giggling passes along the waiting line the keeper turns purple and strides toward the office to report me part two this is awful alec i'm so sorry you're locked up you were in the right too coz whispers at my cell but never mind old boy he smiles reassuringly you can count on me all right and you've got other friends here's a stiff someone sends you he wants an answer right away i'll call for it the note mystifies me the large bold writing is unfamiliar i cannot identify the signature jim m the contents are puzzling his sympathies are with me the writer says he has learned all the details of the trouble and feels that i acted in the defense of my rights it is an outrage to lock me up for resenting undeserved humiliation at the hands of an unfriendly guard and he cannot bear to see me thus persecuted my time is short and the present trouble if not corrected may cause the loss of my commutation he will immediately appeal to the warden to do me justice but he should like to hear from me before taking action i wonder at the identity of the writer evidently not a prisoner intercession with the warden would be out of the question yet i cannot account for any officer who would take this attitude 
or employ such means of communicating with me presently cause saunters past the cell got your answer ready he whispers who gave you the note cause i don't know if i should tell you of course you must tell me i won't answer this note unless i know to whom i'm writing well alec he hesitates he didn't say if i may tell you then better go and ask him first considerable time elapses before cos returns from the delay i judge that the man is in a distant part of the institution and not easily accessible at last the kindly face of the italian appears at the cell it's all right alec he says who is he i ask impatiently i'll bet you'll never guess tell me then well i'll tell you he's not a screw can't be a prisoner no who then he's a fine fellow alec come now tell me he's a citizen the foreman of the new shop the weaving department that's the man here's another stiff from him answer at once part three dear mr j m i hardly know how to write to you it is the most remarkable thing that has happened to me in all the years of my confinement to think that you a perfect stranger and not a prisoner at that should offer to intercede in my behalf because you feel that an injustice has been done it is almost incredible but cause has informed me that you are determined to see the warden in this matter i assure you i appreciate your sense of justice more than i can express it but i most urgently request you not to carry out your plan with the best of intentions your intercession will prove disastrous to yourself as well as to me a shop foreman you are not supposed to know what is happening in the block the warden is a martinet and extremely vain of his authority he will resent your interference i don't know who you are but your indignation at what you believe an injustice characterizes you as a man of principle and you are evidently inclined to be friendly toward me i should be very unhappy to be the cause of your discharge you need your job or you would not be here i am very very thankful to you but i urge you most earnestly to drop the matter i must fight my own battles moreover the situation is not very serious and i shall come out all right with much appreciation a b dear mr m i feel much relieved by your promise to accede to my request it is best so you need not worry about me i expect to receive a hearing before the deputy and he seems a decent chap you will pardon me when i confess that i smiled at your question whether your correspondence is welcome your notes are a ray of sunshine in the darkness and i am intensely interested in the personality of a man whose sense of justice transcends considerations of personal interest you know no great heroism is required to demand justice for oneself in the furtherance of our own advantage but where the other fellow is concerned especially a stranger it becomes a question of abstract justice and but few people possess the manhood to jeopardize their reputation or comfort for that since our correspondence began i have had occasion to speak to some of the men in your charge i want to thank you in their name 
for your considerate and humane treatment of them cause is at the door and i must hurry trust no one with notes except him we have been friends for years and he can tell you all you wish to know about my life here cordially b dear mr m there is no need whatever for your anxiety regarding the effects of the solitary upon me i do not think they will keep me in long at any rate remember that i do not wish you to intercede you will be pleased to know that my friend harry shows signs of improvement thanks to your generosity cause has managed to deliver to him the tidbits and wine you sent you know the story of the boy he has never known the love of a mother nor the care of a father a typical child of the disinherited he was thrown almost in infancy upon the tender mercies of the world at the age of ten the law declared him a criminal he has never since seen a day of liberty at twenty he's dying of prison consumption was the spanish inquisition ever guilty of such organized child murder with desperate will-power he clutches at life in the hope of a pardon he is firmly convinced that fresh air would cure him but the new rules confine him to the hospital his friends here have collected a fund to bring his case before the pardon board it is to be heard next month that devoted soul cause has induced the doctor to issue a certificate of harry's critical condition and he may be released soon i have grown very fond of the boy so much sinned against i have watched his heart and mind blossom in the sunshine of a little kindness and now i hope that at least his last wish will be granted just once to walk on the street and not hear the harsh command of the guard he begs me to express to his unknown friend his deepest gratitude b dear m the deputy has just released me i am happy with a double happiness for i know how pleased you will be at the good turn of events it is probably due to the fact that my neighbor the big swede you've heard about him was found dead in the straitjacket this morning the doctor and officers all along pretended that he was shamming it was a most cruel murder by the warden's order the sick swede was kept gagged and bound every night i understand that the deputy opposed such brutal methods and now it is rumored that he intends to resign but i hope he will remain there is something big and broad-minded about the gigantic colonel he tries to be fair and he has saved many a prisoner from the cruelty of the major the latter is continually inventing new modes of punishment it is characteristic that his methods involve curtailment of rations and consequent saving which is not accounted for on the books he has recently cut the milk allowance of the hospital patients notwithstanding the protests of the doctor he has also introduced severe punishment for talking you know when you have not uttered a word for days and weeks you are often seized with uncontrollable desire to give vent to your feelings these infractions of the rules are now punished by depriving you of tobacco and of your sunday dinner every sunday from thirty to fifty men are locked up on the top range to remain without food all day the system is called kill cure kill or cure 
and it involves considerable graft for i know numbers of men who have not received tobacco or a sunday dinner for months warden william johnston seems innately cruel recently he introduced the blind cell door covered with solid sheet iron it is much worse than the basket cell for it virtually admits no air and men are kept in it from thirty to sixty days prisoner varnell was locked up in such a cell seventy-nine days becoming paralyzed but even worse than these punishments is the more refined brutality of torturing the boys with the uncertainty of release and the increasing deprivation of good time this system is developing insanity to an alarming extent amid all this heartlessness and cruelty the chaplain is a refreshing oasis of humanity i noticed in one of your letters the expression because of economic necessity and i wondered to be sure the effects of economic causes are not to be underestimated but the extremist of the materialistic conception discount character and thus help to vitiate it the factor of personality is too often ignored by men take the chaplain for instance in spite of the surrounding swamp of cupidity and brutality notwithstanding all disappointment and ingratitude he is to-day after thirty years of incumbency as full of faith in human nature and as sympathetic and helpful as years ago he has had to contend against the various administrations and he is a poor man necessity has not stifled his innate kindness and this is why i wondered economic necessity has socialism pierced the prison walls b dear dear comrade can you realize how your words i am socialistically inclined warmed my heart i wish i could express to you all the intensity of what i feel my dear friend and comrade to have so unexpectedly found both in you unutterably lightens this miserable existence what matter that you do not entirely share my views we are comrades in the common cause of human emancipation it was indeed well worth while getting in trouble to have found you my dear friend surely i have good cause to be content even happy your friendship is a source of great strength and i feel equal to struggling through the ten months encouraged and inspired by your comradeship and devotion every evening i cross the date off my calendar joyous with the thought that i am a day nearer to the precious moment when i shall turn my back upon these walls to join my friends in the great work and to meet you dear chum face to face to grip your hand and salute you my friend and comrade most fraternally alex end of section fifty four recording by john brandon